Hello, Probers. Howdy, howdy. And welcome to another episode of But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast hosted by myself, Moonwalker, and my co-host for today's probe, as always, is Greybeard. Now, Greybeard, what do you know about raising a child? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to be cruel to be kind when it comes to children. You <laughs> you need to hit them when they're pussies. <laughs> like if that kid asks for sweets and you're like, no, it's before dinner, and it cries, whoosh, kick its butt and call it a pussy. No, I, I jest, I jest. You've really got to throw them. <laughs> now, what do I know about raising a child? No one can tell you how to raise a child. Except for social services. (laughs) I need a beer, I'm getting nervous. (laughs) From what I've heard... You haven't, like, got anything to tell me, have you? You haven't, like, found one of my long-lost exes that's got a secret. From what I've heard and seen... (laughs) Just have a little beer, calm my nerves. Raising a child can be tough. Raising me was easy, though. I was a saint. Most of the time. I call <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> but there's ups and there's downs. They can look like little angels when they're asleep and when they do something unintentionally funny. But it can be a nightmare when they throw a temper tantrum or simply don't want to do anything you ask them. The worst thing, when they do something that's naughty but it's also really freaking funny yeah like uh when one of my nephews was really little he liked duck duck goose and that sounded one day (laughs) he we're all sitting there in the living room watching tv or something and he just stops and he just looks at everyone and goes duck duck masturbation (laughs) swear to like genuine truth and everyone was like trying to not because if you laugh then the kid knows it's funny yep. it's going to keep just doing, keeps it. doing it so everyone had to try and keep a straight face <laughs> just no sell it so raising a normal child is tough so how tough do you think it would be to raise an indigo child what's an indigo child don't worry i explain what an indigo child is later okay as long as it's not a star child because i've had enough of those and, and oh, why'd you look at me like that? We did. Sorry, I need to stop interrupting. Continue. And Andrew On that. was no, about like, okay. to find out. Today, we head to Kent in England. Oh, lovely. Nice and local. The year is 1983, and Anne Andrews has just given birth to her second child, a son called Jason. There were some complications surrounding Jason's birth that were kept away from Anne at the time. Ones that could cause unnecessary panic and worry to the family. But they were notified once Jason was deemed to be okay. Okay. The family took Jason home and all was well. Before Jason was born, Anne's other son Daniel had an imaginary friend. Oh no. (laughs) Nothing out of the ordinary, as I'm sure lots of kids had imaginary friends growing up. Was the friend called Fred? No, wish it was. Snot bag. What made Daniel's friend different, though, was that his name was Junus, and he came from the stars. 
What? No, don't do it to me. At first, I wasn't so sure that's different. Considering the imagination of children, I would have thought an imaginary friend coming from the stars was normal. Yeah, I suppose. But Anne says that Daniel had extraordinary knowledge about the stars. He would say to her, Look, Mum, that's such and such, and would name stars. You have to remember, this child was between the age of two to four, as this was before Jason was born. Anne and her husband were baffled as to where this knowledge came from, but put it down to the fact that he was just starting school or that he may have seen it on TV. Right, Daniel is a demon. (laughs) You're a demon, Daniel. They need to draw a salt line around him, sprinkle some holy water on him, get a spatula and tap him on the head with it and call in a priest. (laughs) Two priests. Nay, three priests. You can't take any chances here. Three priests, four. What sort of two to four-year-old knows all about the constellations? Unless the mum is full of shit. A two to four-year-old that has an imaginary friend called Junus. Um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> what was that? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, what was it called? There was an old British TV show called Balls of Steel. Yes. Uh, Neg's Urban Sports. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> this guy used to just do crazy shit like he'd knock on someone's door and then just stare at them for as long as possible and try to have them not close the door without saying anything or he'd like knock on a door they'd answer the door and he'd be like you knocked on my door or when he would um literally run up and jump on people's backs and ride them like a bull and try and stay on as long as possible yeah and then run off going crazy show and probably wouldn't stand today but he was definitely my favorite at the time should have won every week a few weeks hold on no sorry i did want to ask one more thing junus like judas is that a typo or was it definitely junus definitely junus okay good still daniel is a demon be gone demon a few weeks after jason was born they noticed that something had changed Jason would cry in the middle of the night and they would go into his room and find that he'd been moved. Sometimes he'd be found on the other side of his cot. So he could roll. (laughs) (laughs) But other times he'd be found underneath it. And on one occasion he was found underneath the chair. Although he was never in the exact place they left him, he was always in the room. Concerned they, concerned, they spoke to the health visitor who suggested that maybe it was Daniel that was moving Jason. But when they asked Daniel, he was adamant he never did because mummy told him not to. It wasn't until it started to happen whilst Daniel was at his grandmother's that they fully believed him. Anne says that due to their social upbringing and being very rational people, that they thought maybe they were wrong. After a few months, the whole thing stopped. Because they realised the baby could move. And when it did, they thought, oh, maybe it was Daniel. Maybe he stood on a chair and moved the baby. What's Was this a cot with, like, bars on it so you can stick your hands through the bars? They mentioned that if he stood on the chair and tiptoed, he'd be able to reach the baby. 
So I'm assuming it that they had haven't clarified, have they? Bars on. They haven't clarified what type of cot it is. No. You don't tend <clears> to see. Or maybe you did back then. I don't know. But I can't recall in any of my family or friends who have had children anyone having a cot with solid sides. Me neither. You get like travel basket thingies, whatever they're called, with solid sides, but I can't think of a proper cot. But then, what do I know about raising a child? When Daniel was five or six... Can we call him Daniel's son? When Daniel's son... The demon. ...was five or six, he went to his parents crying, saying that Junus won't be able to see him anymore because they made a mistake and that they should be working with Jason and not him. (laughs) That kid's ego was shattered. Thinking that Junus was just an imaginary friend, she didn't think too much of it, until Daniel said, Mum, Junus said that Jason's got an original soul. What's that? She then fobs him off and says, I'll ask Daddy when he comes home. Nothing more was said about it. When Jason was a few years old, Anne explained that he'd be frightened all the time and would explain that little people would come into his room and make him float away with them and take him to a hospital place. But Anne and her husband, being rational people, put it down to him having nightmares. Right, so I've got two main lines of thought here. Reincarnation, underpants gnomes. Gonna gonna work. Work on that. We must up do we have underpants. Lum tum yum tum So he's an original soul, so the others have been reincarnated and their souls are not as pure, whereas this star child, he's a star child, he's a new child. He's original. Meanwhile, little people sneaking into the room at night, taking him away. They're taking him on adventures. To find work. <laughs> right, come on out. To find underpants. Underpants. <laughs> underpants. Stage one. Clap underpants. Strap yourself in, son. Things are about to get crazy. Crazy. At Jason's fourth birthday party, once everyone had gone, there was a knock at the door. Jason! Not a little knock, but a loud, persistent knock. Paul, Anne's husband, answered the door, but there was no one there. A thunderstorm had just started. I'm Hagrid, bitch! (laughs) A literal one, not me trying to be descriptive. The knocking happened again. But just like the first time, there was no one there. It's the demon. Daniel had heard the noise from the storm and had come downstairs because he was scared. Jason, however, had fallen asleep on the sofa. A few seconds later, there was a massive bolt of lightning that illuminated the whole house. Jason sat bolt upright and started spewing out incredible numbers. Oh, thank God. These numbers were binary sequences. Remember, this is a four-year-old that can barely count to five. 
speaking count of one and, and zero. And he's spouting binary code. He only needs count to one for that. The more he spoke, the louder the knocking became. And it wasn't just the front door. It was coming from the windows to the <laughs> walls. Till the sweat drops out of my balls. Till the subsequent noise. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say it genuinely. Till the sweat drips off. <laughs> Till the subsequent noise started to subside. As it did, Jason got up and in a trance-like state, started to walk towards the front door. Paul stops him and says, where are you going? It's pouring down. You're going to get soaked. Without so much as looking in his dad's direction, he says, I have to go. They're waiting for me. At which point, the knocking started up again. Out of desperation, Paul goes over to the phone to try to call the police. The lines were down. And Paul launched the phone in anger. All the while, Jason is still trying to get to the front door. Paul then rushes over to him, picks him up and holds him close and starts to rock him gently to try to soothe him. The more Jason started to blink and come around, the more the knocking started to settle down and Jason opens his eyes, kisses his dad and asks to watch TV. So Jason has inherited the demon gene? He's a demon! What I'd like to think happened is that they hear the knocks on the door, they open it, and there's a small little psychic exorcist lady there. Your house is possessed! What if um, they opened the door, didn't look down, and it was just underpant gnomes that just walked in? <laughs> ha! We're gonna go to work! <laughs> every time there's a knock, it's just more, more of them walk in every time. <laughs> the house is absolutely riddled with underpants gnomes. All the knocking they're hearing is them opening and closing drawers to get underpants. <laughs> they they realise at that point that no one in the place is wearing underwear. <laughs> they blame it all on Jason. Daniel's got to be feeling pretty shit out here, isn't he? Uh, his brother's come along and stole all his powers. Taking his friend? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I had something else in my head, but I just can't think what it was. Oh, uh, yes, the binary code, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the kid can count to one. That's not that surprising. He's just going zero one zero one one zero one zero one zero one 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 zero one. Would you not class that as incredible numbers? No, I'd class that as a kid who can only count to one who wants to show off, <laughs> showing you his new skill. Meanwhile, how do we know it's binary code? Is this filmed? Have they written down exactly what he said? Because <laughs> to remember, like a twelve-digit zero or 1500 for that matter zero and one sequence of numbers this is just what we're going from Anne's story what happened Mm -hmm. she's a very credible lady (laughs) things didn't settle down after this it kicked off they had poltergeist like activity chairs being dragged across the floor demon the kettle would boil dry the TV would switch on at full volume in the middle of the night. They would take plugs out and it would make no difference whatsoever. They would hear sounds through the TV. Carolyn! Carolyn! 
This stuff happening jogged a few memories for Anne. As she was growing up, she had a ghost in her house. And to make it less scary, yes. her dad decided to name it. And they named him Charlie. <laughs> so anytime anything strange happened, they'd say, don't worry, that's just Charlie. So Anne and Paul decided to do the same. This went on for years, and Jason would consistently tell them of the little men taking him away. When Jason was 12, they started to get an idea of what was happening. And because of everything that was happening, Jason was already seeing a psychiatrist. And I have a picture of the notes from the psychiatrist. Oh no. Jason is still having strange experiences. He showed me a patch on his tummy, which was fading brown. So he thinks he's having visitations, okay. He what? He has talked with Mr. Josh, is that Hopkins? Of Quest International. Who the frick are Quest International? Is that like Johnny Quest? So to me, only paragraph two makes it interesting reading there. He's visited by Quest International. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is standard, not overly well child stuff. You've got a scared or anxious child here. It's slightly worrying at this point that they're seeing a psychiatrist. That makes me think this is quite a dark tale. I did have those thoughts in the back of my mind and I was deciding not to air them. <laughs> Although it is unusual, well, not unusual actually, because there can be an element of nature and nurture in these things, can't there? So both children displaying symptoms is not unusual. One night they were watching a program on hypnosis. There was a section in the show about a lorry driver who experienced missing time. And it was this that piqued their curiosity. This prompted Jason to get up and throw an ornament at the TV. Ooh. Paul gets up and yells at him before Jason turns with tears in his eyes and says the lorry driver is stupid and that he shouldn't want to know what happens to him. He then said, I know what happens. I remember everything. Uh-oh. Then storms off into the kitchen. Paul and Anne sit there, looking at each other, before Daniel pipes up saying, Don't you get it? Get what, they replied. He's being taken. He's being abducted by aliens. Uh-oh. Shit just got real in that household. If a child says that as a parent, how do you react? Mm. Like, do you tell them they're being silly? Do you listen and tr show understanding? They've already referred to services, so they've obviously got suspicions that something's going on with the chap. I have no children and would have no idea how the hell I would react. I feel like I would listen. I worry that I'd kind of want to go along with it and... <laughs> See what's happening? Elaborate. <laughs> So, <laughs> what do you think happened to the lorry driver? What did the aliens look like? What did they do with them? Did they take him for a walk? Did they, um... Mm, 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 keep him dressed? <laughs> you can't ask that to a child, can you? No. I just couldn't think of anything else I wanted to ask. <laughs> but yeah, can I come with you to see them? That's a good That's question, a good actually, one. isn't it? Yeah. So Paul and Anne attempt to laugh it off. When Daniel says, do you remember my imaginary friend Junus? He was real. 
and he told me they'd be working with Jason. He mentions that he visited these places Jason talks about and that he was fine with it, but Jason isn't. Because he was a demon. They went and spoke with him and he explained everything to them. The room that he was taken to, how they took him through the windows, and even the walls. Uh-oh. <laughs> and says that they told him they believed him, but says it's not that they 100% believed what has happened, but believed that he believed what was happening. Yeah, see, that's pretty good, Parrot. And if you believe that they believe, then you're open to believing yourself but not making any judgments and you're willing to look at other options as well because this child could be very unwell for all we know or it could be like uh, an imaginary friend gone completely wrong. You know, all sorts of things could be going on. Taken through the walls. For some reason that drew my mind to that Chinese case we covered with Meng, was it? Who was floating above the bed. Oh, yeah. And Yeah. Have we... I can only think of that one. Other than that, the only things I can think of floating through walls is Men in Black, maybe? Walking through fences. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So are we suggesting that the aliens are in another dimension here or that they have technology to allow them to walk through things? Or is this all bullshit because actually Daniel is a demon and (laughs) he's possessing Jason and making all sorts of crazy shit happen? I don't trust this, Daniel. Daniel's son. He's like, it happened to me. That didn't happen to him. He's making it happen to him. I'm on to you, Daniel. I'm on to you. The next day, they head out to a bookshop and try to find some information on the subject. Being the 90s, they didn't find much, but the few books they did find, they would skim through and realise that some of the things mentioned had happened to them. They were reading a UFO magazine that used to be in circulation at the time and contacted Tony Dodd, who was an experiencer and UFO investigator, who would become their lifeline. Oh, Doddy. They could ring him whenever, and he always had time for them. During this time, Jason was still seeing a psychiatrist, and I have another picture of a letter from them. Okay, I'm just reading the letter. Jason is still having this... He's crossed out a word and written in alien experiences... Who did that? Did the psychiatrist do that? Or have they touched up his notes afterwards? Because it would be unusual for the psychiatrist to type up his notes and then go back over it with pen to scribble out a word and write alien in there. Various other experiences they consider paranormal. Electrical upsets. Animals. What do they mean animals? Are animals appearing? Like are cows appearing and disappearing? Or are animals just getting spooked? They have... Animals at their household. So Jason has been talking to Mr. Dodd of Quest International. So earlier on, in the first psychiatrist letter, they said he'd been visited by Quest International. When I read that, I thought he'd been psychically visited. I thought I didn't realise that was actually already happening. So they're looking at aliens being the experience quite early before he's even said it, potentially. But it does say at the end of this letter that the experiences do not appear to be psychotic. Hmm. Do not appear. That's not the most definitive of terminology, is it? No. And if you're saying they're not psychotic, shouldn't you be saying what they are? Because otherwise, how can you rule it out? What if they hadn't got to that point in their sessions yet? 
Well, they should be so saving. This is just part of a documentation. It's a dangerous practice to me to say something definitely isn't this if you're not sure what it is, because otherwise it could end up being that, perhaps. That's a good point. Hmm. Okay. So here's a picture of Jason at 17 or 18 with his best friend. Now, I know it seems to jump quite a bit, but that's just how it goes, okay? Here's Jason and his best friend. Is this going to be Junus? No, it's his best friend, Cardi. <laughs> so we have a picture of Jason sat down on you know, in his back garden with a horse giving him a little nuzzle. Does Jason have any other diagnoses? Not that I'm aware of. Mm, okay. So uh, I really don't want to be judgmental here, so I apologize in advance, but he's got that kind of vacant stare in his face that looks like he ha- might have a little bit more going on with him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very pale as well. It's just a reference get a lot of picture sun. for now. There's You'd no story with the horse. You'd think being taken by all those UV lights and whatnot in the alien shit, so he'd have a bit of a tan. Now, according to Anne, abductions run in families. Do they? Or does mental health difficulty run in families? Abductions run in families. Okay. And after telling Jason that she believed him, she started to remember things that happened to her growing up. Why, oh, was she a bloody original soul? <laughs> One vision in particular that haunted her throughout her entire life. This was of her having a nightmare and climbing into her mother's bed as a child. Mm-hmm. Her father wasn't there, he was working away. And as she looked over the blankets, there was someone standing at the end of the bed. Oh no, Indrid Cold. She... <laughs> <laughs> she referred to it as a monk. She describes a Fred tall, the Poltergeist. A tall figure with a long flowing garment with a hood. The figure started to move around the side of the bed. Okay, I'm in. She tried to wake her mum, but she wouldn't wake up. And the dog at the end of the bed wouldn't wake up either. She Ooh. says the last memory she has of this is it putting its hands up as if to remove the hood. No. That's it. She can't remember anything after that. So what it was actually doing was going... Shh. It was that lady from Ghostbusters in the library. Cool. <laughs> to, to be fair, I loved Ghostbusters as a child. Still love it now. But that ghost, that one ghost in that library scene, is probably the only thing that ever scared me as a child other than Wurzel Gummidge. Not for very long. I soon got over it, but... At that point... Yeah, yeah, that was a real good ghost, especially for the time. As Jason got older, he became more comfortable with his experiences, less afraid. And then when he turned 17, letters started to turn up from around the world. What? Anne opened one as it was addressed to her, thanking her for letting Jason be with the aliens when they came for him. What? What? This just jumped. She thought, what a load of nonsense. But then the letters kept coming. And we're going to have Anne read some of these letters for us. Okay. Because I'd like to sort of, I thought it'd be easier to give you some of the the quotes which I've included in here. And as I say, I, I sort of gathered quite a stack of these letters. 
Um, so to quote from She's one got a stack. gentleman in, in Sydney, Australia, he says, then suddenly there he was. Jason was with the aliens, and I was not frightened at all. Rather, I was exhilarated and filled with a special feeling of really strong sharing that is difficult to describe in words. But I got the very clear feeling of invitation from the aliens. Where's your Jason Sydney accent? <laughs> and there's another one from a lady. It's a bloody shared experience, mate. And she says, something then happened which caught me completely unaware. I became aware of a very strong feeling in my mind. It was like someone had come into the room, not unwelcome, but just there. But it didn't alarm me, it just surprised me. I had the feeling that I was being watched, but this didn't bother me either. The feeling grew to being watched, not from the outside, but from the inside. It was of another consciousness within my own mind. It was very gentle and soothing. At first I saw nothing, but I sensed something, very strongly. What I sensed was someone sending very calm, very soothing feelings, very beautiful, peaceful feelings. Then I felt his presence very strongly. It was Jason who was contacting me. I experienced the calming, the care, what? and I saw something which made me realise, oops, sorry, <laughs> that this was not imagination. Um, <laughs> I, I just knew that it was. I Did just they write um in the letter? And sending those very calming thoughts and feelings. It was very beautiful, and it's left a very deep impression on me. And then just um, a couple more, short ones. There was a gentleman in Melbourne who said, I feel that in the area of intuition, Jason has a great deal to teach me, that he can affect my mind development and help me to understand and learn what I need. And then finally, a gentleman in Gibraltar. He said, I felt Jason's care, his concern, his understanding. I feel that his power is such that just his thoughts can guide me, can teach me. And I would love him to do this if it's possible, but only if you are happy for him to do so. Now... I couldn't cope with this. Um... So, right. Firstly, why is she reading those? Why aren't we hearing from Jason himself? That makes me worry that this case is going to turn a dark way and it all might become too much for Jason at some point. We find out why later. Yeah, I was, I was just letting you know my fear. I'm not asking you to tell me because that will spoil the story, I guess. Um, where is this conference being held where she's reading all this? It looks like a hotel room. Not room, sorry. Like, um, if you ever go to a hotel, it's got a function yeah, room. Yeah, function room. Um, I think it is. It, I think it says at the beginning of the episode, but I didn't really take note Okay, of no worries. It looks incredibly familiar to me, weirdly. <laughs> I'm not saying it is that one. It's, I think it just looks like a standard function. Yeah, it's hall, very it? likely not to be that one, but it looks very much like a hotel in Chelmsford. <laughs> <laughs> she's reading from a book rather than reading letters, I note. So I'm assuming she's written a book seeking fame and fortune. I'm not judging at all. Maybe judging a little bit. So people, where do they get his address from? People don't just know. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Maybe he gave it to them. Psychically in, my ass. <laughs> I was going to say in the other dimension. Nope. But Obviously they've put his address out there I somehow. No they've shared. Maybe it's that quest guy spreading the word and people are all jumping on the bandwagon. 
I'm not ruling out the possibility of any crazy shit happening. I'm not even questioning whether this is aliens or not at this point. What I'm questioning is people sending letters to someone <laughs> from across the world. There's obviously been some correspondence or publication of his address somewhere along the line. This was a step too far for her, and she couldn't cope with it. She didn't tell Jason. That was the last thing she said, wasn't it? I couldn't cope. Yeah. <laughs> but went to bed one night crying after receiving another letter. She started to hear a commotion downstairs, so went to investigate. Her husband was in a room working. She went to open the door to another room, I'm assuming, and as she went to reach for the light, right in the middle of the room was their dog, Hannah, which wouldn't be unusual, except this dog had died <laughs> months prior. This wasn't a vision. This dog was solid to the touch. Awesome, you've got your dog back. And didn't question it. She was just happy to see her. So was fussing over her and Damn crying. Right. Who is a good girl? As she put her hand up to wipe away the tears, the dog was gone. No, come back, dog. Heartbreaking. It was at this moment that Anne noticed someone standing in the corner of the room. A tall, dark figure in a long flowing gown. Old Indrid Cole is back again. However, she couldn't make out any features. She wasn't scared of him though, and he looked very familiar to her. He stepped forwards and in a soft voice told her she needed a pen and paper and that she needs to write this down. I'm Junus, bitch. <laughs> she didn't remember anything after that, but when she got up in the morning and went downstairs, she saw the cup that had been knocked over by the dog's wagging tail and on the table, in her handwriting, was a note. And this is what she wrote. All things are possible beyond the limits of your earthbound consciousness. Open your heart and your mind to the truth of what I am telling you. If you seek the truth, you must have faith. Believe in the universe. Learn to look beyond what your eyes can see and draw upon the ancient knowledge of your own inner being, your soul self. I got soul! For only then will the truth emerge. Embrace it lovingly, for it is a destiny retrieved from time, your time. This gave her the courage to talk to Jason about the letters, in which he said it was cool, and flipped out. What do you mean cool? Do you remember how scared you were? Jason replied that although at first they didn't believe him, he still had them, and told her that these people don't have anyone. He said that by seeing other people when they get abducted, when they see me, they have someone to talk to. I feel like this kid is edging towards becoming some kind of alien cult leader. He's like the centre point to all experiences. And he sees himself as their saviour almost, the person who makes them not lonely. What would you say if he was actually helping the aliens abduct people? <laughs> it's <laughs> a was, ruse. He was relaxing them so the probe would be easier. 
<laughs> They're paying him quavers. <laughs> so this conversation brought back memories from Anne's childhood. One in particular where she was walking with her dad when she was six years old. And these three people came up to her dad. He then gently pushed her behind him. Anne says it was obvious that her dad knew them and that they all had golden tans, which made her think that they must be rich if they could afford to go on holidays and get tans. Next thing she knows, they weren't at the park anymore, and the, th and the three that they met were dressed differently. They were now in long flowing garments, and one of the men stepped forward, and now believes that this man was Junus. Junus. This man was Junus. Junus. Just let that sink in. Bloop. Sunk in. She believed. This man was Junus. Junus. She believes this man was Junus. Junus. So he didn't actually introduce himself. She's just made an assumption. <laughs> that could have been anyone. It would seem. That could have been Tom, Dick and Harry just coming back from the spray tan salon. Because obviously they're rich. Because they can afford to go to the spray tan salon. Junus. That note that she wrote earlier mm -hmm. and couldn't remember, was it in her handwriting? Yes. Okay. I don't know if that's more suspicious or less suspicious. She didn't even use her other hand. <laughs> she ain't thought about that, has she? She did say that abductions run in the family. She did. I'm struggling to pull out, title of my sex tape, <clears throat> whether, she, well, not just her, they all believe this or whether they are all potentially somewhat unwell or whether it's definitely aliens or demons. Daniel's a demon. Definitely aliens. Demons. I quite like it when it gets like freaky and there's the ghost of the dog. Is that really an alien type of behaviour though? To have a ghost of a dog there? Nope. That's more of a demonic kind of thing. Bring you back your loved ones. Get you to agree to give them your soul. Do your bidding. Some more Daniel type of thing. Yeah. Daniel son. Uh, I told you I was on to Daniel. <laughs> I know what he's up to. Where's Daniel in all of this? Just being Daniel. Why wasn't he at the conference? <laughs> Who knows? Suspicious. Everyone was looking elsewhere. He was dicking around in the background, making dead dogs appear, drinking blood. Now, Junus puts his hand out to Anne. Junus. And she takes it. And they go down a corridor to another room full of children who were playing with toys building blocks, all sorts. Anne notices one boy on his own, but he looked really familiar. She doesn't know why, but she went over and sat in front of him, and they started playing with the blocks. She doesn't know what happened after that, but that is one of her experiences. That better not be Jason. <laughs> if she met Jason as a child, <laughs> my mind's going to blow. <laughs> Can you imagine if she went back and met her own son yeah. in the past? It'd be like um, the time traveller's mum. Well, 
To find out, you're going to have to tune in next week. Oh, you son of a bitch. this is a two-parter. Two-parter, bitches. We haven't had one of these for a little while. No, we have not. Ooh. But that this, this one is juicy. That There's means more. it's going to go on and on. And I've not heard of any of this shit so far. Do we get to find out more about Junus? Junus! <laughs> You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Ah. <laughs> You're an asshole, Shaka. So you can find us on our socials Instagram, it's But It Was Aliens Podcast. You can find us on the Twitter at But It Was Aliens. Facebook, But It Was Aliens. Our Facebook group, Extraterrestrial Towers. And now also on Patreon where you can get access to exclusive episodes where we probe everything and also a Patreon-exclusive T-shirt. Meanwhile, you can now buy other merch except for that exclusive T-shirt at butterisaliens.co.uk. Remember, the truth is up there. Hash tag pro. Do that.